Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I am one of your hosts, Alex Gore. I'm here with Lance, cool with whatever psycho. Nice. <clears throat> whatever goes on, he's cool with it, so I'm cool with it. And if you're cool with us, you'll probably be cool with buildabetterco.com. That's where you can build a better company if you are in a leadership position, trying to grow your profit, trying to renew your revenue, trying to uh, make a better business to come into Monday morning, go to buildabetterco.com, check out our five shifts to five-figure profits, and then contact me, and we'll talk. Yeah. If you need product data, let me tell you where to go. Accurate data is crucial, especially in today's business environment. Outdated and inaccurate data leads to turnarounds, delays, and rising costs. With supply chain and staffing issues, these costs and delays can multiply. That's why a resource like RCAT.com is so important. RCAT works with manufacturers to keep their data up to date and accurate and offers it to you easily accessible and free. Use RCAT's powerful search engine to find what you need and download it right there on their site without needing to pay anything or even register. So try RCAT.com today. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Last, certainly not least, Duratherm defines the category of an all-wood, completely custom hardwood windows and doors that deliver on your architect vision. And everyone knows it. Al knows it. That's mm -hmm. why they refuse to rest on their laurels. And while Duratherm brand is built upon their expertise in wood windows, they are proud to announce the introduction of a clad exterior feature for our windows. Learn more at DuratherMWindows.com. That's Dur oh sorry, DuratherMWindow.com, DuratherMWindow.com. No Not plural. plural. Not Don't plural, plural it. Plural it. Yep. You'll be in trouble. Go check it out. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to bring, I like this article. It's from Yahoo Finance, one of my favorite sources for economic e uh, information. It's called uh, The Chart Book, 50 Charts Telling the Story About Markets and the Economy Right Now. So I snipped some of them so that we didn't have to go through all of them. And I want to get Lance's reactions, and then maybe if you describe some, I'll describe some. That would be cool. Um, the first one, look at this. <clears throat> and we've already talked about it, but it's cool to see it in a chart. It's money delivered during pandemic is still supporting the economy. So there's a green Ooh. trend line that is up and to the right. And then there's a purple line of pre-COVID money, which really closely follows that line isn't it kind of interesting too like we think that there's people just at the fed deciding hey how much money you're going to get how much are we going to you know just create out of thin air which is kind of true but it's very uh tight within this line mm -hmm. and it essentially goes from 2008 to 2020 and it goes from uh, what would you say about 5 trillion to just above 15 trillion mm -hmm. and then there is this orange line which is the post covid money and it shoots almost basically straight up <laughs> it goes to a curve to about 25 million dollars um rather quickly and is now coming back down 25 trillion yeah, thank you thank you 25 trillion i was now like wow million that's it piece of cake <laughs> write a check no big deal we'll solve that right now yeah uh, and now they're doing quantitative tightening, but 
you can obviously see that there's a bubble. And when it's laid out in a graph like this, and I feel like before mm-hmm. uh, politicians make a decision, they should say, could you please like draw that out for me? Like hey. literally like you're a cartoon, like a fifth grader. That's why Ross Perot almost, uh, that's why he changed how we do elections. And then they for draw, the worst. Yeah, they draw this. <laughs> and then you go, will that have any effect on the economy? Nah. <laughs> Might be transitory. Might be transitory. All right. <clears throat> Second graph. A default cycle has started. So you can see there are U.S. corporations in purple, uh, U.S. speculative grade. So that's probably the speculative debt that goes out to um, China and Russia or or firms that are lower rated. Oh, okay, Right. Um, And then when defaults go up, you can see that it almost correlates with recessions. And right now you can see that the defaults are starting to go up. So good to know. Lance? Yeah? What is this one? <laughs> Mid and small cap industrial stocks have outperformed ARKK since its inception. What's ARKK? Do you remember hearing about Kathy Woods? Yeah. So she's... Wasn't she the cri- part of the crypto scam stuff? No? Am I off here? Not crypto scam. Oh. Um, Just tech, making a bunch of money, blew up on the scenes from 2020. You can see uh, her ARK Innovation ETF. Uh. Yeah, Peter Schiff used to, when I was listening, still listening to Peter, he used to just harp on her all the time. Good or bad? Bad. Okay, this is what's 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 kind of funny is that isn't the tried and true investments is if you're not going to do real estate, you're not going to be a great stock picker. Just put it in the a S&P. mutual, put it in a boring 401k, get your 3% return and not lose value on your cash. But, but I, just, I just had a guy on like, uh, he's going to, I think his episode is going to premiere in like, uh, three weeks or something, and he was talking about how boring stocks are too. And I was like, "Yeah, I agree." Yeah. Anyway, and, but but the advice is just do it in an index fund that tracks the market. Yeah. Like very few people get the twenty five percent returns doing the day trading stuff. It's not, especially with the algorithms now too. It's yep. like you're really up against. You gotta hit like a perfect storm, kind of like I mean, I did during. Uh, if anybody had any cash on the sidelines when the stock market took a t- took a big dip on March 16th or 15th in 2020, that was the only way like an amateur is going to make any money. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. So this is just showing. This is Kathy Woods, who for the past three years has been all the rage. Went up like, holy cow! If someone was in her investment fund and and sold at the height. Good for them. Yeah. They, 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 they crushed it. But now look at it. It comes back. It's just below um, the S&P 400, the S&P 600. Um, so I don't know. It was it was a, a win for, hey, if you just listen to that advice mm-hmm. instead of chasing everything, and if you were ever down on yourself for, oh, I guess I, I stash away my money in an index fund. You know what? You're doing just as well as Kathy Woods. You should be on the news. <laughs> yeah, if you would have just stayed <laughs> slow and steady, that's hilarious. Right? Yeah. You should literally be on one of these shows where they interview. Hey, how did you beat Kathy's Woods investment strategy? Well, you know. Played the long my game. Buddy and I put it in an index fund, and uh, here I am. Here I am. <laughs> here I, am. I just outlasted her by five years. Yep. Um, this is interesting. <clears throat> I didn't know this. Everyone's heard about Japan's 
long stagnation. And Japan hasn't done anything since the 80s, and their stock market is is crap and stagnant. This chart shows a little bit different. Lance, what are you seeing here? It looks like a hockey stick-ish. Start and of a hockey verse? stick. Hmm? Yeah, what, what's it in co- uh, contrast to? It's in contrast to the U.S. S&P 500. So this is the Japan Nikkei 225 index. Wow, it's keeping up right with it. Yeah. Huh. So I think if you went, if you looked at from 1990 to 2010, it, it kind of it just went down. It just went generally down. And then you could say from 2010 to 2015, like, okay, it's even. But from 2015 to 2023, like, it has rebounded. It is now beating the S&P 500 index. Um, the reason why I, I'm bringing this up, too, is because one of the worst scenarios, I think, for the U.S. And, and actually, let's go on a side rant because of this is like, oh, we're just going to become Japan. Become yeah, that's what they've been saying. Yeah, we'll start doing the negative interest rates, which we did. Which, which, which I think is true, and I'll, I'll say why I think is true in a while, but like, Japan, you can come out of it. You can come out yeah. of it. Um, okay. You can come out of it, but however, here's the thing about Japan. Like, if we're going to do a contrast and a tangent, then like, Japan has some, the most strict, some of the most strict immigration rules in the world. So they don't have a growing population. Mm-hmm. And so. With that, I don't think they have the the amount of entitlements we have, especially with this chain this chain immigration and just the blatant illegal immigration that's happening now. So, like, that's the big, uh, that's the factor that wakes it makes it so we can't do apples to apples with Japan. Now we're apples to oranges. We're the orange with a just a it's a swelling orange. Just the amount of. Uh, uh, Immigrants coming in with the entitlements attached is just out of control. So, I, you know, we have like what I'm getting at is Japan probably didn't probably curtailed their government spending in order for this kind of recovery to happen. We can't do that. Like, it's impossible for us to do that. Well, we, okay. we don't have the balls to do it. This is a great point. This is a great point. Uh, Chamath from All In Podcast, he keeps making the argument because he made it once and he's sticking to his guns and he needs to be the smart contrarian that government spending, uh, a- anyone who says that there's a limit to government spending versus GDP um, is running a fool's errand okay. because... Um, the fool's errand. All yep, right. Because, because <clears throat> there's, you know, we've been, people have been crying wolf since the 1980s since the 60s probably about government spending right our government spending levels are now to world war ii levels we're not getting the production of the world war ii levels let's be honest (laughs) but i mean (laughs) the planes the tanks like insanity right here's here's the problem with that level of spending to counter chinamov's point is the government right now we aren't making loads and loads of planes and tanks and stuff like that right we don't make anything elon makes a few things but he he does make a few things so what are we doing we're making a bureaucratic nightmare and mess and it's literally slowing down the economy and it's just literally like uh on a uh, bureaucratic paperwork like we are making bureaucratic paperwork for that money so while the government is spending more money we're making paperwork for that money and here's the the issue too the government still has to pay interest on that, right? So the interest payments now just surpass the defense spending, right? So whatever defense spending was, interest payments are more than that. What are those interest payments paying for? For bureaucrats to check paperwork, for you to do paperwork 
for paperwork that doesn't really matter. And I'm not being hyperbolic mm-hmm. about that. I'm being because we deal with the government. Yep. So if you want, if you want to live in a society, Lance, where your job is 25 to 50 percent paperwork yep. and your life yeah. is that, then yes, government spending is great, and we can just keep on spending, and, and that's awesome. If you wouldn't like that, if you'd like to actually make shit, uh, and 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 actually both ways you can make money, but one you're doing paperwork, and one you're actually making shit. Yeah, I, I, I choose the other. I choose the other too. And the other argument that I hate is, um, and we might see this in one of the graphs. Uh, actually, I didn't put this graph in. All the other countries suck just as much as us. So why do we have to change? Like you, you, <coughs> you're fit. But just take this analogy for what it is. Lance doesn't work out. Okay. Like he doesn't go to a gym. Yeah, he doesn't do a gym. Does that affect how much I go to? Do I go to a gym less? Oh yeah, yeah. You know He's what I mean? Al basing his his the way he stays fit on mine. No. Yeah. Yeah. Lance didn't go to the gym this week, so know what? I don't need to either. Yeah. Wait, but Lance I want to. Do it. Oh, what did you do then, Al? Well, I mean nothing. Well, but well Lance the- hikes crazy. And, and that's why just ignore that I know, part I know, of I know, it. I know, I know. I'm, I'm you playing know. with you. But but still, like, just take anyone who doesn't like. Yeah. It's it's not it's not a rationale. It's a, it's a terrible. Uh, seven wrongs don't make it right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, that was a tangent on that chart. Let's keep going charting. Free deflationary lunch is now over. This is a chart of CPI. Uh, it peaked around uh, 14 months ago, um, and th- coming down. The only reason I included this one was everyone's guessing. <laughs> oh, is that what the right hand side shows? So he's got a chart up here if you're listening terrestrially. That's it shows going from left to right starts at January 2022, and then it's got this vertical line at, at July. Right now, where we're at. What, what are you doing? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, it's trending. You know, the high was in like July, June 2022, almost 10% inflation. Then it trends all the way down to where we're at right now, which is like 3.5%. And then everybody's guessing what's going on. Tell me about the guesses, Al. So <clears throat> they're just saying, hey, it could keep going down yeah. to below 2%. Uh-huh. Two, hey, we could go back up to about 5%. Well, and lumber. Yeah. Last episode, we just talked about lumber going up. Yeah. And, and, and this is just what I love is like, this is experts. Oh yeah, you know, like, yeah, we're all guessing. There was somebody who I blocked on the YouTube channel recently too. Uh, it, it, somehow, if you make an alt account, and you see us. Like, I'm gonna block you again. He's like, leave, you should leave the economy and the politics out of the podcast. It's my podcast. It's Alice's podcast. Like, we're gonna talk about it. And he and he's like, you're wrong about it. nope, nope. If you were a longtime listener, you would have known that Lance actually predicted the 2020 downturn from 2013 onwards. Like, he got it right. We're not right all the time. But we are look and we're within this, and we're, we're within exactly that's my point. We're within this guessing, like <laughs> like shut up, and and we have acknowledged we have acknowledged many many times that maybe the thread maybe the Fed could thread the needle. Like we're still here, we haven't had to lay anybody off. Like it seems like they are threading the needle slightly. That's why we talk about economics on this on this podcast a lot because we're trying to, and we'll couple it with like the billings of the AIA. Like it's proof that they. The billings are up above fifty percent now, so inquiries are up. Like it's it's this up and down, very tight squeeze we're in right now, but it's kind of working. Like I hate to admit that Keynesianism is working, but like I'm here to say, it seems like it's working a little bit right now. Yeah, like it hasn't fallen. The bottom has not fallen out. 
developers are still moving ahead with these projects, which is wild. I mean, they're really, we're having to make some serious adjustments in the commodity of the architecture and everything, but like it is working can't, somehow. Can't design architecture. Can't create architecture remind, if there's no money for it. Of, what it reminds me of is uh, you see all these storage units that go up all over across the United States, you know, these massive acre to whatever acre size developments where it's a storage, they have all these different storage units, you know, public storage is like a good example of that, uh, that company. For the first couple of years of those developments, they lose their ass. They do. They lose they, their cash flow negative, but they know that once they turn cash flow positive, like it never stops because people are constantly moving. People are constantly having to, to, to store stuff. Like this is one of the most fail safe, things you could have out there people are always doing this stuff and then eventually it's all paid for like that like once that cost is baked in and everything so so what i'm getting at was with like the, the the developers that are still producing real estate it's it's the same it's the same scenario like yes on paper right now maybe they're close to losing money but they know that like there's a light at the end of the tunnel here interest rates are going to go down again and they know at the bottom of it too the supply and the demand is there like we are not making, and then and then you couple that with the golden handcuffs we've been talking about. People tied to their existing r- mortgages. Seventy-five percent of Americans have a mortgage rate under four percent. That's insane. That's an insane number. Yep. So they're not going to move until it loosens up, and when it loosens up again, and it's going to happen, it it's going to be like gangbusters again. So you got to just be prepared. Like, why wouldn't you be prepared? Well, can I tell you my fear, and then why this is maybe important? <clears throat> to digest and understand what's going on. My fear is that they're going to keep interest rates high for three, four years. And it's to kill new housing so that everybody becomes renters. Because uh, big money makes money from renting, not from selling homes. Mm -hmm. Because just like what you said, once you're locked in, you're locked in and they want to make a locked in society. And I'm not relating this to COVID. I just mean... Like once you get someone hooked on an iPhone, yeah. you're gonna stay in that ecosystem. Even right? though Al tried to get an Android and he hated it, I did. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I, I went back to prison for free. Here, try to listen. <clears throat> but Lance, follow me here. I'm following. If they do that, that crushes architectural engineering. Well, we we will migrate over to um, you know multifamily housing and all that stuff. But <clears throat> we have a voice and we have we can make a difference. And the proof is in the pudding. Do you remember when uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton wanted to go into Sy- Syria and literally invade Syria? Yes. And literally there was protests like, are you guys nuts? This is crazy. And they had to backtrack. Like if you've ever watched, I've watched every lead up from the Gulf war one to every war since, right? Everyone could see that that was what they were trying to do. And then the people rise up and were against it. So what I'm getting at is that if we're following all the how the economy works with the Fed and everything that they're doing, if we see literally as community, as the AIA, as NCARB, as um, the, the builders group, that they're keeping interest rates higher than what's needed, we can voice our opinion and say, you, this, you're killing you, it. You're killing, you're killing it. it. You need to stop. This is unnecessary. It's enough. It's enough. Exactly. And not to just be talking out of your ass. No, no. Bingo. So that's why it matters. Thank you. Boy, that was a that was a perfect Al. I it's exactly why it matters, guy who got banned from the YouTube channel. <laughs> F off. 
<laughs> I, I hope he still listens. Okay. You got another chart for us? Yeah. Wow. Housing inventory flirts with historic lows, uh, some kind of acronym, which represents the monthly a- supply of new houses seasonally adjusted is the rate ratio of new houses for sale and new houses sold. So th- this chart is uh, it's just up and down. Starts in 1960. You can see the crazy spike of new houses that were sold in right before the crash. And then we had another big spike. And now we're trending down again. Yep. Interesting. Where's the correction? Like when's it? Well, I mean the corrections happen. I, I mean when's the bottom? Where's the bottom of the correction? Oh, I don't know. I like, don't know. could it go all the way down to, oh, the, to, to yeah. this line down here? Yeah. Don't want it to. Want it to. We're, so we're getting closer to a balanced market. That's the trend line here. Is like in a balanced market. Just so you know, everybody. Hmm. Apparently, it takes up to five months to sell a house. Typically, so this idea that we're used to, it sells in a weekend. Which that's what I'm used to. I mean, to be fair to me, and Al sold a house as well. It used to, yes for the past a week it was like a week stays on the market for a week and you're done um but yeah it's taking much longer now kind of a bummer but that's what it but like keep that in, keep that in perspective yes. yeah yeah but that that's been true in Colorado for the past almost 10 years yeah. since 2012 yeah right um okay <clears throat> going on lack of new uh, listings is d- dampening existing home sales so this is new listings at the halfway point year to date and first uh, half new listing share. So it's going down and this, okay. Um, an all out collapse in rent inflation could be on the way. Wow. So like rents, yeah, rents have been trending down for sure. Rents have been trending down. Ooh, it looks bad. But There's got to be a bottom here pretty quickly, I would think. Look at this. I hope this is the next one. Yeah. Buying versus renting in America. Cost to buy. Very expensive. Cost to rent. So until it it would always kind of trend together with costing to buy Oof. a little bit higher. Yeah. But the thing, though, is if costing to buy is $200 more a month, but... You, at least in the beginning, if you know how mortgages work, you're paying $200 is going to principal. So you're getting that money back, mm-hmm. right? From what would you say? 2020, it went from cost, cost of rent now in 2023 is about uh, 1800 a month. Cost to buy is 2700 a month. So that's a thousand. But the, the, the switch point is probably around 2020 where cost to buy skyrocketed way 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 past when you look at these charts like i think when everyone anybody looks at these charts i hope they're keep so like everybody's uh now i think their knee-jerk response is they hear the phrase what goes up must come down and they just they that's they don't think beyond that they're not trying to be abstract thinkers with it when i look at these charts i try to put my abstract hat on and i go well what you're saying is true. Like what goes up must come down by how much, right? And how long? And how long? Exactly. So, so like I've thought a little bit further, and then the ba- then the big base layer I add to this is like you guys understand that this these kind of charts that show the hockey stick curve, and they show the inflation, just like that's what this is. This is showing inflation basically, how rent is inflated, how buying is inflated. Well, why is it inflated in this way? Because the money si- money supply has been inflated. And we haven't restricted the money supply such that 
like we would have to completely reset the currency for their which might happen for them to for it to completely bottom out. I mean trend line all the way down to like the, this just chart that I was showing. All the way down to like 1970, which is really interesting that they started in 1970 because what happened in 1971, that's when we went off the gold standard and then all the print, printing happened and that's where the crazy inflation started happening. So like I so that's what you got to keep in mind. Like yes you're you're right but you're also not thinking further enough. And you got to keep that in mind. I'm, I'm trying to reassure you, listener, that unless they introduce a whole new currency, which once again, they might do the CBDC, mm-hmm. central banking currency, whatever that is, like it's going to be a digital dollar. And then even then, it's still a backstop. Like, like you're looking for a depression-level Zimbabwe uh, Weimar type of event to where there is no backstop on currency. Like they don't replace it with something. So I just can't see it completely bottoming out to where we're in depression bill in that sort of way. Well, and, and to broaden that Lance, you're talking about one side of the equation. You're talking about the demand side because money represents how much demand you can put on a market. The other half of that equation is obviously the supply side, right? And two things are happening right now in the last year. <clears throat> the supply side has, uh, hasn't increased. The supply side keeps going up. Like trending no, up. Sorry, sorry. The demand side keeps yes, going up. Yes, the demand side keeps going up. And, and supply, then again, I'm, I have to throw in the immigration part with that. Like, don't We can't deny that there's pressure coming in. But, but there's a good way to handle it, too. Immigration can be a good thing. It can add to your economy, blah, blah, blah. What I'm getting at is that a lot of people will will say if you're just free capitalist, if you're just going to increasing the supply, you're asking for free for you're asking for people to rip people off, you're asking for shoddy work, all this other stuff. No, there can be a balance. I'm not saying that you need to take off all regulations and just let people rip people off and do all this other stuff. But you can't gum up the system so much so that supply can't meet demand. That's that's what I'm saying, and that's what's happening in the, in the housing market right now, yeah. and it, it it's crazy. Like, and it's happening all all across America, um, and it's 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 happening too because uh, for some reason there's a huge trend to move in existing cities, and it's way harder and way more expensive to build or rebuild in an existing city than in the suburb. It's just fact of life. I know there's people that argue the other side. It's just not true. It's not true. It's so not true. I know. I really should have Randall O'Toole back on. Uh, honestly, you should interview Randall O'Toole because I think you're. T- I think you interacting with him would be a fresh would be a breath of fresh air. Just so you, just so everybody knows what I'm talking about. And Al might not even remember is like Randall O'Toole makes that argument in, in our favor, where we go. Actually, it's cheaper to develop on undeveloped land versus in an urban core going vertically yeah yeah for many many reasons i mean the biggest reason is the bureaucracy there's just you take away because remember guys and gals the nahb national association of home builders they do these wonderful wonderful uh studies and they prove that regulations are estimated between 25 and 40 percent of your building costs like that's a that's madness that's madness so if you can strip away if that if you can get away from that and you're literally just getting away from a city in order to, in order to do that like the proof is in the pudding and then you and then you layer on 
you know, then you layer on everything else on top of that. Like, like concrete is just more expensive than sticks. Like, get out of here. And here's an analogy, just because my wife was talking about this about writing. And I don't know if this analogy will make any sense to you. <clears throat> Lance, is it uh, if the answer is to write words, mm-hmm. if that's the metric that will lower costs, write words. <laughs> okay. Is it easier to do that on a blank page? Like per letter oh my gosh. or per edit. This, I am tracking this. I am tracking. I'm glad that hit. Yeah. Or if you're an editor. That's a way easier way to think about it. How many letters are you going to edit and change? You're going to do some of it. It just takes longer and you don't get that much well, of a difference. I mean, the other one, and maybe this is maybe this is a stretch, is like, is it easier to build with a whole pack of, of brand new two by fours or two by sixes versus, well, I, I got all these. I got a random pile of them from... Uh, a random assortment a random one. assortment and now i gotta build with it like yeah. like that's you know that's a little bit but i'm trying, trying the to book try analogy to, is great too the book analogy is really good good job you annie. can just write pages good job annie there there you go yeah and on that i'll take my lead lance the show is yours hey that was awesome i like the last part the best yeah. uh okay so what i've got here the title of the episode today is uh how can architects get the best out of chat gpt and so I've got an article pulled up here from the Royal Institute, Reba. I forget what it is. Royal Institute of Architecture. I, I, I totally forgot what, what that whole acronym is. Um, but I've got Royal it. Institutes of British Architects. There you go. Yeah. Which is somehow tied into Australia because now the monarch is with Australia. And uh, I think it's goofy, but whatever. So uh, How dare you? Uh, how dare I indeed. Yep, exactly. So I've got a... who? Okay. Nikki... Nikita Morell, who has been on this show before, invited her. She listens. She can come back on anytime. Is a copywriter who works exclusively with architects, says in terms of generating copy, architects can use chat GPT for drafting initial outlines for content. That's what I do. For, an, for example, uh, this can include pl- uh, project descriptions, blog articles, proposals, and press releases, or even writing website copy, i.e. website taglines, calls to action, or biographies. I also use it for biographies on the Monday morning show. Uh, if people don't have a good bio for me, then I copy and pasta a lot of stuff and then work with ChatGPT to get it done. I even There's even questions that generates, which are pretty good for me. I even use it uh, two days ago to write a cover letter for myself for <laughs> for one of the teaching positions that I had to just check the boxes. Because the, the university actually t- emailed me and they're like, sorry, we have to, we just legally have to make you apply for the job. We can't just give it to you, blah, blah, blah. And you have to do a cover letter. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. Literally coming up with an hour, like I'm 10 minutes. That's all I'm wasting on this uh, cover letter. So back to the article. Chat GPT can be a useful tool for brainstorming and generating new research ideas, she says. It often helps spark new ideas or provides different perspectives. For example, if I'm trying to brainstorm ideas for website taglines, I might prompt it with, come up with a clever and easy to understand analogy for, such as challenges of hiring an architect. ChatGPT is also smart enough to tailor material to prospective clients' needs. That I don't know about. Here's where I would start to disagree. Architects could use ChatGPT to find clients' pain points, such as specific problems or frustrations they might have experienced when hiring an architect in the past, she suggests. Mm -hmm. Identifying these pain points allows architects to align their messaging with their ideal clients' needs and challenges and can enhance the effectiveness of marketing and business development efforts. A prompt example would be, quote, Give me a list of 10 pain points, insert your ideal clients, uh, maybe dealing with in regards to insert your service, or give me a list of 10 pain points homeowners may be dealing with when hiring a residential architect for the first time. 
Um, and then she gives some examples, and that's kind of where I'll cut this off. Is example of limited chat GPT prompt. So what she wrote is, write a call to action for the homepage of an architect's website. And here's what it spit out. Ready to bring your architectural vision to life? Let's create something extraordinary together. Contact us now to schedule a consultation and discover how our innovative designs can transform your space into a reflection of your unique style and aspirations. Don't wait another day to start building your own dream home. Click the button below and let's get started. So that was an example. Um, And then there's a... So then, then she goes on the show like, here's a better example. Because like my take on that one was pretty generic, not... Like, the idea of you being a signature architect, especially residential-wise, is, like, you are trying to differentiate yourself from the crowd. That little generic one didn't do it, right? So here's a better example. Write a call to action of the homepage of a commercial architect's website. We want the we want to prompt ideal clients to contact us for a schedule to, for a schedule consultation. Some ideal clients are ready to chat. Others are doing their research. Make it conversational. Here's what it spit out. Whether you're eager to eager to dive into the details or just dipping your toes in the research pool, we're here for you. A team of expert commercial architects is ready to collaborate and bring your vision to life. Let's chat about your project and explore the possibilities together. Click the button below to schedule a consultation and let's make your commercial space dreams a reality. No pressure, just friendly expertise waiting to ex- assist you. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I was hoping that the article would show us different versions of that. We are also using Photoshop AI. As a matter of fact, we'll be using it over the next week because we took some photos. So this is a little tip for everybody of one of our projects. It has no landscape. So we are going to magnetic lasso or select the landscape that has no landscape, meaning it's just like dirt, but they don't have plants. And we're going to say, create a Colorado landscape and it's going to create it. It's going to look awesome. Cool. I know. I, I, I do love that. It, it The amount of time and effort it would take to Photoshop landscapes into images and renderings was so heavy. And now yeah. it's not. Now it's it, not. And that one, that one I really appreciate the most so far. Here's an idea for all the tech listeners. Uh, <clears throat> and there are some to this podcast. Google, I'm talking to you. If you know who I'm talking about specifically, get on this. Chat GPT for filling out bureaucratic forms, Lance. If the government is going to keep spending and doing all this nonsense. I got one for you, too, besides that. Keep going. Can't, like, right. <clears throat> here's one example. Yeah. City wants you to fill out a form about how many square footage, what the type, whatever. <clears throat> hey, AI, take this PDF of all of our drawings. Look into it. Get all the information. Put it on this form. Thank you. Fill yeah. it out for me. You know who I am. Yeah. You know what my firm is. You know what my address is. Yeah. You know what? Oh, it asked for the address of the project. Oh, it's in that PDF there. There it is. Must be that one. Must be that one. I had a uh, guest on. uh, I've done three Monday morning interviews this week, and then they're going to publish over the next month in August here, 2023. And this guy, this guy was like, uh, this guy, (laughs) this guy, I said, uh, we we got to, a lot of the guests I've been having on lately, like, if they say something in their bio about AI, I want them on because I want to hear their perspective and they're from way different industries. Like this guy, one guy's a, one guy's real estate and an author. Another guy, this guy I'm talking about now was, uh, he does web copies, but he, he's, he's on the level of NPA, but just a smaller shop. Like he couldn't name these mega corporations he used to work for because NDA. So like very, very accomplished man. Mm-hmm. And he, he was given, he, I'm going to have him back on in December because he get, he was giving me some really good ideas. We're going to focus the episode on, how architects could use AI 
from his perspective. And his idea was, he goes, Lance, I'm sure you have these uh, kickoff meetings or, or even before a kickoff meeting, you know, before you sign the contract, like you're writing down a list of spaces that they want to do in their houses. You're writing down their fears, their hates, yeah. their loves. Maybe they've given you some images for it. And he goes, he goes, what you could do is you could feed all of that data into mid-journey. He's like, I just need to show you the right prompts. He goes, your problem is you guys, newbies don't know the right prompts to use. And he goes, but I could develop with you like prompts that would work better for you. He goes, you just have to be better with your prompts. Which is exactly the example that Nikita was showing us, like the evolution of the prompts and how they yep, can get yep. better and better and better. Like you're going to get very generic stuff, but you can get more detailed, more personal, better, better stuff out of chat GPT or mid journey or whatever. And he goes, what if you, what if I showed you the right prompt and you fed all that data into the AI and your what you wanted out of it was give me an idea board, mid journey AI. And it produced, let's say it produced, let, let's say it produced three idea boards, just concept yeah. boards. Yep. It shows different floor plans, different cool images. Yep. Uh, texture design. Yes. Yep. Textures. Exactly. Colors. Yep. And he goes, then he goes, Lance, what if you took those idea boards, you threw them up on this, on the big screen here and you talked with your staff who was going to be designing it with you and you guys mixed, matched, combined, whatever, put the human touch back onto it. And then dove in. He goes, what do you think about that for a starting point? And I was like, I was like, first of all, what I, I know if I think about an idea board, I bet, I, I bet one idea board, let's say we came up with three of them. One idea board would take somebody in the firm four to eight hours to produce. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just searching around, looking on the internet, making the idea board look nice. Just literally arranging images in Photoshop. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah, I think that cuts it down by at least 75 to 80% time. Yeah. And he's like, so that's that's how that's how I see it evolving. Besides, I'm trying to come up with better ideas than just we have a bad image or we have a we took a photograph of a house with no landscape. Here's a tangible, yep, solution. But do you think it'll ever get to this level? <clears throat> Meaning, whenever a technology gets started. The airplane. People go, oh, it's going to go. It goes 50 miles per hour. Then it goes 100. Now 200. Now it's going to go 5,000 miles per hour. Then 50,000. We'll be in the next star system literally within 20 years. But it always plateaus. Like we're not going any faster than we did in 1974, right? But this is what I want. <clears throat> I want that AI in my computer, in my phone. I want the AI architect's assistant who is listening right? The CIA will have a back <laughs> that. Of and, course. And it's listening to everything. And then all of a sudden I asked, you're the client like, Oh, can, can AIL have access to your Pinterest board as well? You know, or, or your ideas. They say, yes, goes in there. By the time we're done with the meeting, I go, okay, AIL, like put on my computer, uh, the inspiration board for their project. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah that seamless of a thing. And I walk up there, the client goes away. I'm like, okay, that's great. You know? And then we start doing the human touch and all that. Yeah. That would, that's, I, I mean, there you go. So like what I'm, I think what Gal was getting at is AI, if you're listening, we just need <laughs> yeah, to keep <laughs> evolving. <laughs> yes. 
AI, please. please I guarantee do that. it's. I mean, and come on. Me like our all our audio gets. Did you know our all our audio in like obviously that's how they could detect if you're talking about stuff they don't want you to talk about on YouTube. Like what, Lance? That's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the audio gets translated to text. And you can just, seriously. Do you so, know? Like it's already happening. Well, you know, Zoom's new user agreement is, hey, we can use all of your stuff to train our AI. Unreal. Unreal. We're so here. if you're it listening. It is what it is. Jeez. I love that point. If you're listening, could you please make that happen? Yeah. That's it. What do we have next, Lance? We have uh, Mr. Kanye West is going to wow. read for us. I know. He's a, he's a great guy. I will say, Kanye, uh, yay, if you are listening to this, which I know you are. Yeah. Is uh, I just saw an article come out that your new wife is annoyed with your body odor. <laughs> like I believe you are f- at the bleeding edge of fashion. You can. It's okay to take off some of these layers of black clothing in the summer, and or put on deodorant, so you don't get another divorce. You know what the 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 best thing I've heard about the analysis of Kanye what? is that he's a battering ram for for culture. Sure. You know, that someone has to hit the... And body odor. I love you, yeah. You're my favorite rapper of all time. Just saying. Here we go. I always felt like I could do anything. Mm. That's the main thing people are controlled by. Thoughts, their perception of themselves. They're slowed down by their perception of themselves. If you're taught you can't do anything, you won't do anything. Mm. I was taught I could do everything. Go listen to all my music. It's the codes of self-esteem. It's the codes of who you are. If you're a Kanye West fan, you're not a fan of me, you're a fan of yourself. You will believe in yourself. I'm just the espresso. I'm just a shot in the morning to get you going. To make you believe that you can overcome that situation that you're dealing with all the time. That was awesome. You should cut out like a sentence of that and put that in the promo. In the beginning. Teaser. Pretty good. Dude, can you make it so, you know, how we have our intro. Yeah. And then can you just make his voice for like 10 seconds? And then, like, like it's part of it. Are you I, that good? I, yes. Are you I, AI? I, I, well, no, I'm better than AI as far as editing videos go. But yeah, awesome. That was good. Thank All right. How, how about we have? Uh, we now have ARE Jeopardy. Yeah. We'll bring down the crew. But you have a read. Life is short, but you don't have to be. Introducing Kanzuri, the shoe brand that not only elevates your style but also boosts your height. Yes, you heard that right. Kanzuri offers height boosting shoes. Made for men to build up the confidence they need for every situation. With Kanzuri, you no longer have to settle for your natural height. Their shoes come in a variety of insoles ranging from 1.2 inches to an impressive 2.7 inches of extra boost. Plus, their height ranges from 2.4 inches to 2.8 inches. Here's the shoe right here, giving you the perfect opportunity to look feel good. As a special offer exclusively for our listeners, Kanzuri is giving you a fantastic deal. Just use promo code LANCE480. 66 at checkout to enjoy a generous 15% discount on your order today. That's right. Get the height boosting shoes you have been dreaming with, dreaming of at an unbeatable price. All right. Question number 1. Uh Transitioning steel connections. So, steel connecting to other steel are typically fashioned in which manner? Is it A, welded, B, bolted, C, riveted, D, pinned? Let's go, Ross. This is for all the marbles. 
A, B. Tip, yep, typically bolted. Okay, question two. In commercial construction, typical span ranges uh, for beams are, this is steel beams, are 20 feet to 30 feet. Above this range, what is the most common economical alternative? Is it A, post-tension concrete? B, open web steel joists? C, open web wood joists? Or D, wood trusses? In commercial construction, floor. Typical span ranges for steel beams is 20 feet to 32 feet. Above this range, what is the most common economical alternative? Do you need, we got B and C. B is open web steel joist. That is correct. You, this is why I'm anxious from work. <laughs> Lance. Fair. All right. Number three, according to the International Building Code, what is the minimum required width for an accessible route within a commercial building? Is it A, 30 inches, B, 32 inches, C, 36 inches, D, 42 inches? Ross, feel free to write down the answer to a few. According to the International Building Code, what is the minimum required width for an accessible route within a commercial building? A, 30 inches, B, 32 inches, C, 36 inches, D, 42 inches. We got uh, C, 36 inches. Number four, in a seismic design, what does the term importance factor, otherwise known as I, represent? Is it A, the structural material's ability to resist lateral forces, B, the level of occupancy within a building, C, the building's architectural significance, D, the building's proximity to an earthquake fault line? Good. Well, hopefully your guessing is good. Correct answer is C, the building's architectural significance. The term importance factor in seismic design does not represent the structural material's ability to resist lateral forces or the level of occupancy. Instead, it represents the building's architectural significance, which can influence the design requirements for earthquake resistance. Wow. All right, where are we going to eat? Where? What is this? Oh, nice. Where's that, Right downtown. Okay. I'm excited for it. That's it for me. All right. If you like this episode, you're watching on YouTube, please leave us a positive comment. If you don't, I will ban you. If you are listening on iTunes, you know what to do. Leave us a five-star review. I will not ban you there. See you next week.